Now, if you're new, today we are in part three of our series called Seek First. And this series is based on an amazing promise that Jesus gave us in Matthew 6, 33. And this is a verse that we're trying to memorize as a church family. And I'm really curious to see how we're doing at memorizing this. So I'm going to bring our verse up on the screen. And you'll notice there's a whole lot more words that are missing here. And I would like those of you who've been with us over the past few weeks to just fill in the blanks. And if you've been working on this, this will be no problem. If you haven't, like in the first service, we'll find out who's done their homework and who hasn't done their homework. So is everybody ready for this? Three, three people are ready. Um, let me do that again. Is everybody ready for this? OK, I like that confidence. So I'm going to start, and I'm going to let you fill in the blank. So here we go. Jesus said in Matthew 6, 33, seek I, I, I like that. I, I, I had one really strong person leading a crowd that followed closely behind. So, so that was great. All right, so let's bring um, that verse uh, up on the screen so we can all see it. So let's say this together out loud, okay? Here we go. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. Powerful promise from Jesus. And we have a lot of needs in our lives. And God will meet those needs as we seek to put him first in our lives. Now, uh, we have said over the past few weeks that the primary way that we are seeking to put God first in our lives in this series is through the spiritual discipline of fasting. And if you are new with us, we start every year off in the life of our church with a biblical fast. This is our 13th year doing this. And our fast starts tomorrow. And it will go to January the 30th. So it's just a two-week fast. And if you're brand new and you're thinking like, hey, can I participate? Yes, you can participate. And here's how you can participate. What I encourage you to do is stop by our Connection Center before you leave and pick up a copy of our fasting preparation guide. It will help you understand what biblical fasting is all about. And you'll be surprised to understand you can engage fasting quickly. You don't have to know a whole lot about fasting to engage it. This will help you get started on the journey. If you would rather a digital copy through the advancements of technology, you can take your smartphone and click this QR code and you can have access to that right now. And uh, I encourage you to, to read that later today in preparation for what's going to happen tomorrow. Now, for those of us who are on campus, we've got some fasting cards that are on your seats. So I encourage you to grab a fasting card. There should be a fasting card and a pin around you. So grab your fasting card. On one side, it's got our series title. It's got our, our verse we're trying to memorize. And then on the back side, it asks two questions. What are you fasting from? What are you fasting for? And what I encourage you to do during our service is if you're engaging our fast with us, just fill this out. Tell us what you're fasting from. Tell us what you're fasting for. And what I want you to do is after the service, I want you to drop these in the black baskets that are at the back of each seating section next to our giving box. So just put this in that basket. And these cards are going to get to our elders, our prayer team, and our staff. And this week, and actually the next two weeks, we're going to pray for you every day through this fast. And if you want us to know your name, put your name on it. Uh, if you don't want us to know that, uh, just leave it blank. 
but it's a real honor to be praying for you in what you're fasting for and what you're fasting from. And again, through the advancements of technology, if you would rather fill out a digital form, you can click this QR code, and this applies to those who are online as well as those who are on campus, and you can fill this form out right now, and then we'll get that information and add you to our, our prayer list as well. So, I hope that you'll do that. I hope that you'll engage this with us. I think next two weeks are going to be an exciting time of watching God at work. Now, today in part three, we're going to talk about something that applies to all of us. Whether you're a Christ follower or not, the subject that we're going to deal with today applies to everyone. Uh, we all have this common human condition. And if you aren't a Christ follower, what I encourage you to do today as you're listening to this message is I encourage you to pay attention to how God responds to this issue and what God offers to us as we navigate this issue and who God offers it to. So pay attention to those things. I think you might be surprised at our God and how he interacts around the subject that we're going to talk about today. All right, so we're going back to our theme verse for this series. Again, Jesus said, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and God will give us everything that we need. I'm curious, what do you need from God? What do you need from God in your life? What do you need him to do in your life? Do you need freedom? Do you need uh, answers? Do you need healing? Do you need provision? Like, what do you need God to provide for you or do for you in your life? For some of us, the biggest thing that we need is freedom. There is something in our lives that's holding us back, and we need freedom from that thing. So maybe you need freedom from your doubts because your doubts hold you back from engaging God fully or engaging God at all. Maybe you need freedom from an addiction or some secret sin that you continue to give into and you just feel like you're on this, this treadmill that you can never get off of. Maybe you've been imprisoned by your emotions and you, if you're honest about your life, you would recognize that your emotions have led your life. You don't lead them, they lead you and they've kept you kind of in a prison. Maybe you need freedom from perfectionism. Maybe you do everything you can to live up to, to your expectations or other people's expectations and you feel like if you can't, you're a failure and, and you're constantly in that, that cycle of feeling like a failure because you can't break free from that and really live up to the expectations you have or other people have. Maybe you need freedom from a toxic relationship that, that you're stuck in and you can't ever imagine how you could ever get out of that. You don't want to be in it, but you don't know how to get out of, get out of it. Maybe you need freedom from some bitterness. Maybe you've been bitter about something. Maybe you've been angry. Maybe you've been angry at somebody else. Maybe you've been angry at yourself. Maybe you've been angry at God, and that has held you in a prison. Maybe you need financial freedom. There's all kinds of things that we can need freedom from, and I wonder today, what do you need freedom from? What do you need God to help you get free of? This might surprise you, but one of the most influential Christ followers our world has ever known needed freedom from something. Anybody know who I'm talking about? All right. His name is Paul. Uh, I, I would say outside of Jesus, if I were to kind of rank 
followers of Jesus after Jesus, I would say Paul is like number two. Like, like he is the man. Like, like he wrote much of the New Testament part of the Bible. He is credited with spreading Christianity around the world. And Paul said he needed freedom. He said he was imprisoned by something. And I want you to listen to his own words and how he describes this and see if you can identify with it yourself. Listen to what Paul said in Romans 7, verse 21. He said, I have discovered this principle of life that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. I love God's law with all my heart, but there's another power within me that is at war with my mind. This power makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. Oh, what a miserable person I am who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death. So the apostle Paul who wrote most of the New Testament. The Apostle Paul, who helped spread Christianity around the world, said he was a slave to sin. I don't know if you can identify with that, but I certainly can. You know, I've been a Christ follower for most of my life. My mom introduced me to Jesus when I was young, and I'm so grateful that she introduced me to him. But just starting a relationship with Jesus uh, didn't completely change my life and, and the stuff that I struggle with. And I found that as I've grown in my relationship with God, I would say today, I love God and his truth with all my heart. But if I were completely honest with you, I would say there are moments I love sin more. When I give in to sin, when I choose to do something that, that God isn't happy about, in those moments, I'm loving sin more than I'm loving my God, more than I'm loving his truth that he has for me. And, and when I give in to, to sin, I cry out like Paul and I say, like, who can free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Like, I'm such a miserable person. You know, what I've found in life is that Paul's struggle is our struggle. We all struggle with sin. We're all enslaved to sin. And if you think about the impact of sin, sin touches almost everything that we could ever need freedom from. Sin can keep us imprisoned to our addictions, our bad habits. It can keep us stuck in our doubts, believing that God can't work in us. It can keep us enslaved to our emotions instead of believing God's truth. It can keep us stuck in financial bondage, keeping us from handling money God's way. It can keep us in a bad relationship, believing that we don't deserve anything better. And even someone else's sin can throw us into a prison that we live in for a very long time. And some of you today have been stuck in a prison because of someone else's sin. That's a sad reality. Again, sin impacts almost every area of life that, that we need to be freed from. So Paul says he was a slave to sin. I can identify with that. And then he asked, who's going to free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? And then he gives this answer. So he says, thank God the answer is in, say it with me, Jesus Christ, our Lord. So Jesus is the answer to the prisons that we get stuck in. Jesus is the one who holds the key to unlock the prison cells that we live in. Jesus is the one. So listen to what Jesus said 
uh, before his resurrection, he, he gathered a group of people around him and he, he described himself this way. He said in Luke 4, 18, he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. I believe Jesus is still doing all that stuff. Jesus is still bringing good news to poor people. You know, if we don't have a relationship with Jesus, we are spiritually poor. If you're spiritually poor today and you don't have a relationship with him, you can start that relationship and become spiritually rich in one moment through a relationship with Jesus. Jesus is still proclaiming that captives will be released. He's still helping blind people see, especially in a spiritual context. You know, we are spiritually blind so often and Jesus can help us see spiritually. He's helping to set free the oppressed. Jesus is still doing those things. And I, I wonder, do you know him? Do you have a personal relationship with Jesus? If you do, you have a relationship with the one who has unlocked your prison door. And I wonder, are you stepping out of that prison and into that relationship? If you don't have a relationship with Jesus, you can start one today. And uh, this is some amazing news that we can look at um, together in Romans 3.22. So this is the Apostle Paul continuing to speak. The Apostle Paul says, we are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. So we are made right with God by putting our faith in, in what Jesus has done, his work. We're not made right with God by trying to follow all the rules. We're not made right with God by putting our faith in our good works. We're not made right with God by showing up in church and, and attending every Sunday, which I still think is a great idea, but that doesn't gain us eternal life. That doesn't help us get right with God. That doesn't start our relationship with him. We start a relationship with God. We are made right with God when we place our faith in Jesus Christ and what he has done for us. And I wonder, have you done that? If you haven't, you can do that today. And then the amazing thing is that this is available to all of us. So Paul continues, continues and he says, and this is true for how many people? Everyone. everyone. It's true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. He says, this is available to anyone. You don't have to be a, a religious person and attend church every day for this to be available to you. You don't have to read your Bible every day and, and pray for this to be available to you. Uh, you don't have to, to do a lot of really good works to earn God's attention. No, it's available to everyone who wants it. And how does it come? It comes through belief. It comes through believing what Jesus has done for us. And again, I wonder, do you have a relationship with God through what Jesus has done on the cross for you? Now, the interesting thing about starting a relationship with Jesus is that just starting a relationship with him doesn't necessarily free us from every prison that we live in. We actually have a responsibility in this. So it's like Jesus comes and unlocks the prison door and he opens it and he says, now step out with me, grow your relationship with me and start utilizing the resources that I make available to you. 
So listen to what one of those resources is. Romans 8, 11, Apostle Paul says, the spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. If you're a Christ follower, let that sink in for just a moment. If you're a Christ follower, the Holy Spirit who raised Jesus from the dead lives inside of you. In the Old Testament, God resided in the temple. In the New Testament, guess where our, our temples are? Our bodies, our bodies. This is the, the temple of God now. And the Holy Spirit takes up residence inside of us. So if the Holy Spirit had enough power to raise Jesus from the dead and break the curse of sin and death that we brought into the world, do you think the Holy Spirit has enough power to help you step out of your prison, whatever it is? Yes. Yes, there's no prison cell that can hold you. When you tap into the power of the Holy Spirit, when you understand what Jesus has done, he's opened the door to set you free so that you can step out of that prison and step into the power of the Holy Spirit and that relationship with him and step away from the thing that holds you back. There's nothing that can hold you back as a Christ follower. Nothing can do that. So if you're a Christ follower, are you tapping into that power? Are you allowing Jesus, are you allowing the Holy Spirit to guide you out of your prison or have you decided to stay in your prison cell with the door open? Now, I think we would all agree that's like ridiculous. Like who would ever sit in a prison with the door open? We do it all the time. And we do it because the problem is sometimes we don't want to be free. Sometimes we pursue um, what's that word? Have you ever had a moment where your mind just went blank? Prefer. There you go. There it is. Sorry. Came back. Came back. Sometimes we prefer our prisons because they're familiar. We like familiar. Um, you know, even though we look out our prison cells and uh, it looks so beautiful and promising, it's scary because, you know, we've known this world, we've known this life, we've known this toxic relationship, we've known this toxic sin, we, we've known this bad attitude for a very long time. We know how to work with it. We know how to work with that person. We, we've created a system, we've created a pattern in our cell. We don't really love it, but out there is kind of scary. And so sometimes we prefer to stay here in the prison and the door is wide open. Jesus says, like, you have a responsibility now. I've opened the door. Now you've got to walk out. You've got to step out. Sometimes we choose to stay in our prison. There's an interesting interaction that Jesus had with a man in John chapter 5. And I, I want to make this a little bit more modern in its context. So I want you to imagine Jesus walking into an emergency room. So that's kind of the context of this. So uh, Jesus walks into an environment where there's all kinds of people waiting to be healed. And there was a supernatural thing that was happening in that uh, specific situation. And, but imagine if Jesus walked into an emergency room filled with people everywhere waiting to be healed, waiting to see a doctor, waiting to see a nurse, waiting to get medical medical attention, and they're just sitting there waiting, and, and somebody gets help every once in a while. And imagine Jesus walking into a packed emergency room, walking through the crowd, sitting down next to somebody, and asking this question. Excuse me, sir. I wonder, do you want to get well? What do you think that person would say to Jesus in response? Like, yeah, I'm thinking if it's me, I'm like, no, duh, Jesus. Like, why do you think I'm in the ER? I've been here for 38 years in my life. Like, why do you think I'm here? 
And John 5 tells us that guy had been there for a very long time, most of his life. Why would Jesus ask that question? That is a very weird question. I think Jesus asked that question because sometimes we don't want to step out of our prisons. Sometimes we don't want to. We find out later in that story that Jesus told the guy after he was healed. Jesus healed this guy. And then later, Jesus says to him, um, don't continue sinning or something worse is gonna happen to you. Jesus ties his sin issue, that bondage that was in his life, to a physical bondage that he experienced. Sometimes that can happen. We can be so wrapped up in sin, it affects us physically. And Jesus you know, tells him, like, hey, like, you need to be careful next time. Don't run back into that prison cell. So sometimes we, we like to be stuck. So, so I want to ask you today, if, if you're stuck in some prison, do you want to be set free? Do you really want to be set free? Sometimes we hold on to the familiar longer than we should. In Romans 8, 12, the apostle Paul continues, and he says, therefore, or because you have a relationship with Jesus, because you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you, therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have, what's these two words? You have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. That is life-changing news right there. It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be earth-shattering news. But we don't have to stay in toxic relationships. We don't have to give in to fear that, that grips us and keeps us stuck. We don't have to keep holding on to that bitterness. We don't have to give in to that secret sin or that addiction. We don't have to. The power that we need to step out of that prison is available to us. But sometimes we convince ourselves we have to give in to sin because it's so overwhelming. Like we're, we're not strong enough. But listen to this truth. Temptation is just as much an opportunity to do what is right as it is to do what is wrong. When you're tempted, when I'm tempted, it's just as much an opportunity to, to, to choose the right path as it is to choose the wrong path. So just because you're standing on that path and standing in front of you is that big temptation that's calling you back into that prison that you've been living in for a long time, that doesn't mean we have to give in to it. We do not have to. We do not have to. We can choose to do right in that moment. We can, as we allow the Holy Spirit to empower us, as we allow Jesus to transform us. And that's the third thing that we're gonna learn. So seeking freedom involves a personal relationship with Jesus. It involves choosing to step out of our prison with the power of the Holy Spirit. And then it involves mind and heart transformation, not behavior modification. So here's the problem with behavior modification. And this is what a lot of us focus on. When we're trying to break a bad habit, we're trying to get away from something, so often we just focus on this thing and our willpower to overcome that thing. And so we get into this crazy cycle. So when we're strong, we say no to that thing. And we feel good about our accomplishment. But when we're weak, we give in. And then what happens? We begin that crazy sin cycle that we talked about last week. This is what happens in my life. When I give in to temptation, I feel guilty. I feel shame. 
I feel not worthy to be in a relationship with God, so I step away from him. I feel so bad. I feel like I have to earn my way back into a relationship with him. So I, through my behavior, through my behavior modification and my willpower, I work hard to try to get back into a right relationship with God in a good standing. And when I feel like I've earned that, I feel like, okay, now I'm worthy again to step back in a relationship with him again until what happens? Until I give in to sin again. And then I feel guilty, I feel shame, and I step back and I go around and around. I do that cycle again and again. And sometimes we don't even continue that cycle for too long because there are moments when we fail, we say, you know what, I blew it, I might as well blow it big time. And then we blow it big time and we step even farther away from God. So behavior modification can only take us so far. Something that's better is mind and heart transformation. So the Apostle Paul in Romans 12, 2 says this. He says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. That's where the real work needs to happen in our lives. For us to break free from the things that hold us back is we've got to start here. If all we do is focus on our behavior, we'll never get to the root cause of our prison. The root cause is how we think. So when we let Jesus transform our minds and how we think, that transforms our hearts and how we feel about the prisons that we're in, and that ultimately transforms our behavior. It starts here. When we change how we think, and we think the way that that God thinks about the subjects that we're talking about and the freedom that we need, we'll find that our heart follows, we'll find that our body follows as well. So we gotta let God transform our minds first. Now, the really cool thing about biblical fasting and what we're gonna do over the next two weeks is that it can help us learn how to get stronger spiritually. It can actually help us learn how to step out of these prisons that hold us back. And it's an exercise in learning how to develop spiritual endurance and spiritual strength and spiritual discipline. So when we say no to whatever that thing is that we're giving up, that food item, that activity item, when we say no to that and we say, God, I'm gonna pursue you instead of that, I'm gonna pursue you through Bible reading, I'm gonna pursue you through prayer, I'm gonna pursue you through worship. As as we pursue God in those ways, we actually get stronger spiritually and the Holy Spirit shows us how to take another step towards him and it gets easier and easier to say no to that thing as we keep walking down that path. So the spiritual discipline of fasting is a great tool and a great way to allow God to empower us and to transform us and actually to learn how to be free and step out of the prisons that hold us back. Now, you might wonder this. You might wonder, okay, that sounds amazing, but what if, what if I fail? Like, what if I fail in trying to step out of this prison? Or what if I fail as I start this fast? Like, what if I fail, you know, I give up something significant food-wise or activity-wise, and then, like, a week later, I give in to that thing? Or a day later, I give in to that thing? Or an hour later, I give in to that thing? Like, what should I do? Should I, you know, call the church and say, hey, you know, please rip up my fasting card, because apparently I can't do it. Like, no, we shouldn't do that. Listen to what Paul says. Romans 8, 26. The Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. So what do we do when we're weak? We rely on the Holy Spirit to help us. 
And then Paul gives us an example of that help that he provides. And this is just one example. He says, like, here's an example of how the Holy Spirit can help us in our weakness. Like, we don't always know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father, who knows all hearts, knows what the Spirit is saying, for the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. It's a great example of how the Holy Spirit can help us in our weakness. So what do we do when we're weak? When we trip up and fall down, who should we rely on to help us get back up? The Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit will help us get back up. When we mess things up, what should we do? Should we make it even worse? No. Should let the Holy Spirit clean us up in that moment? We should run to him quickly. Proverbs 26 or 24, 16 says, the godly may trip seven times, but they get up again. How can the godly get up again after they've fallen seven times? It's when they allow the Holy Spirit to help them get back up. When they rely on the resources of of God the Son, when they rely on the resources of God the Father. So when you fall down, don't give up, get up. Take another step towards God and refuse to go back into your prison. So seeking freedom involves a personal relationship with Jesus. It involves choosing to step out of our prisons with the power of the Holy Spirit It involves mind and heart transformation, not just behavior modification. And it involves choosing freedom again when we mess up. I want you to listen to how Paul finishes his thought in Romans chapter 7 and Romans 8. And uh, this captures one of my favorite Bible verses of all time. So Romans 7 again. Verse 21, I've discovered this principle of life that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. I love God's law with all my heart, but there's another power within me that is at war with my mind. This power makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. What a miserable person I am who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death. Thank God the answer is in Jesus Christ, our Lord. And because of that, Romans 8.1. So now there is what? There's no condemnation. What does condemnation, or what does sin bring? Condemnation. So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit, that's the Holy Spirit, has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. If you're a Christ follower, God does not condemn you when you fall down. What does he do? He helps you get back up. He pours out his grace to help you get back up again. He cleans you off and says, let's have another try at it. Let's do this again. How many times does that happen? I don't know, 100,000, million, I don't know. All of our lives, all of our lives, every time we trip and fall, he is right there to pick us back up because he does not condemn us. He's empowered us to step free from that stuff. And the more that we run to him, the more that we learn how to do that and how to step out of these prisons. Now, one helpful thing that I've found in my life that has helped me break free from some of the things that have held me back in my life is to write out a freedom declaration. And I'm gonna uh, read through my freedom declaration in just a minute. But what I encourage you to do is write out your own. 
I've got a copy of this on our Spiritual Growth Challenge. I encourage you to pick that up from our uh, Connection Center before you leave today. If you're watching online, you can grab it there as well. Um, but I encourage you to use that and, and write your own declaration. Put it in your words. What, what does it, your declaration look like? What are the things that you need freedom from it? And how can, can you step into God's help that he's making available to you? And then pray your declaration every day. If you need freedom from something over the next two weeks and that's what you're praying for, pray it every day. You can pray it multiple times in a day. I know I have in my life. So here's my freedom declaration. God, today I choose to live in your freedom. I choose to live free from sinful actions, attitudes, and habits. I understand you have unlocked the door to my prison and I refuse to stay stuck here any longer. With the Holy Spirit's help, I will let you transform my heart and my mind and I will step out of the familiar into the freedom that you have for me. When I am tempted, I will remind myself that I have no obligation to give in to my sin and when I fail, I will get up. I will run to you quickly and start over, refusing to be imprisoned again. Thank you for empowering me to live free. I will live free today. So that's my declaration. What's your freedom declaration? I encourage you to craft one and then pray it for as long as you need to, to gain the freedom that you need. Now let me remind you of just a few things before we close. Our fast starts tomorrow. I'm excited about this. I'm excited about this for our church, our whole family. And uh, we'll be praying for you. So if you would like us to pray for you uh, specifically, fill out your fasting card, either a physical card or a digital card, and uh, get that turned in, and we'll add you to our prayer list. Next week, we're going to talk about seeking God for healing. And uh, there might be some folks um, here that need healing physically from something. You might know somebody, uh, maybe here on campus or, or online, you might understand uh, that somebody in your life needs, needs just God to step in and provide a physical healing for them. So if you're in that spot, if you know somebody in that spot, I encourage you to attend next week, invite them to join us online as well. And we're going to see what God says about physical healing. And we're actually going to have a special prayer time at the end of our service, asking God to heal those with physical issues. So I hope you'll be a part of that. Now, if today has pricked anything in your heart, uh, if we've pricked some, some issues that maybe you need freedom from and, and you need some extra help or some extra prayer, I encourage you to stop by our care table before you leave. We've got some people there who'd love to pray with you, uh, talk with you. I'll be in our lobby as well. If you're watching online, feel free to email us at prayer at theepicchurch.com. We would love to be praying with you about that. So don't stay stuck in your prison any longer. Today can be the day you take that first step out. Now, our, our worship team is going to guide us through a closing song called Breakthrough. And as we sing this together, I encourage you to just process how this information from this message applies to you and the conversation that you need to have with God. And I'll guide us through some prayer time together as we close. So let's pray together. As we begin, I'm curious to know if there's anybody here willing to say that you're a Christ follower, and yet, even though you're a Christ follower, you, you have found that you're still imprisoned to something. There's something that you need God to free you from. And if that's you, would you hold your hand up real quick? 
There's hands all over. I thank you for the courage to raise your hand. So God, I I thank you for these people and I pray for them. I pray for all of us because we all find ourselves in these spots where we desperately need freedom. Lord, I pray that you would transform their mind. I pray that they would allow you to transform their mind. Lord, I, I pray that they would tap into the power that the Holy Spirit makes available to them and that relationship that they can have with him. Lord, I pray that they would see the prison door open and they would step out with Jesus, God the Father, and God the Spirit and begin to experience a brand new life. I pray that they would let go of the familiar. I know it will be scary for them, but what you have to offer is far greater than anything we could ever hold on to. So Lord, may today be the defining moment for them as they take that first step or that hundredth step in that direction. As we continue to pray, I'm curious if there's anybody here who's willing to say, you know what, like, I would love to have freedom in my life, but I recognize today that I don't have a relationship with Jesus, and I want one. And if you're in that spot, whether you're on campus or you're online and you want a relationship with Jesus, the way you start a relationship with Jesus, like we learned today, is by placing your faith in what Jesus has done. So when we come to God and say, God, I I am a sinner in need of a savior, I can't save myself. I need a savior. And Jesus, I believe you are that savior who died so I can live. And when we ask Jesus to come into our heart, he responds. He unlocks the prison door that that holds us back and he invites us into a relationship with him that can transform our forever and starting with transforming our today. So if, if you recognize that you need to pray that prayer during our final song and you will want a relationship with Jesus, I just encourage you right now, would, would you just acknowledge that and raise your hand? Just hold your hand up for a second so I can see that. I see one hand here. Just hold your hand up so I can just acknowledge that with you. All right, I see at least one. And maybe there's more online. I see two. There's more online, possibly. So during our final song, I encourage you to have a conversation with God and invite Jesus into your heart as your personal Lord and Savior. So God, I'm so excited for for these people who've made this decision, the best decision they could ever make. Lord, a a decision to start a relationship with you. And Lord, as we start that relationship with you, Lord, we have some responsibility too to to step into that relationship, to grow that relationship, to to learn how to, to lean on the Holy Spirit and the power that you make available to us. So Lord, I pray that these people would engage that and they would continue to take steps in the direction of what it means to become like Jesus, more like Jesus every day. Help us to break through the barriers that hold us back. Help us to break free from those things that keep us from a deeper relationship with you. In Jesus' name, amen.